Jesus. Oh, how excellent. Please pray with me. Heavenly Parent, thank you for this gorgeous Sunday morning. I pray that you will bless the words that will be spoken today, that my words will come only from you to glorify your name. Thank you for the people who have gathered here. Remind us of your love. Remind us that if you said that you would take care of the birds in the sky, you will take care of us too. Remind us that you have called each one of us by name. Help us to put our trust in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we celebrated Mother's Day. And it was in 1964, the doctors told my mom that she would deliver her baby in late April or early May. But something happened in February, and mom was admitted into the now defunct Jefferson Davis Hospital. Shortly afterwards, the doctors examined her, and they informed her that her baby would have to be delivered on that night. And at 11.47 p.m. on February 28th, I was born. A few days later, mom learned that she would be released from the hospital and would have to leave her baby behind. She had a tiny, tiny baby girl who also had two very crooked feet. My feet were so crooked that I had to sleep in special shoes until I was around preschool age. In fact, my sh shoes had a bar about eight inches between them that connected the left foot. You know about that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and the right foot together. And the doctor said that as long as we held that tension on her feet, that her shoes, that her, her feet would eventually point in the proper direction. Now, I believe just about the only thing that's straight on me today. <laughs> are my feet. <laughs> but can you imagine with me for just one moment what it must have been like for a parent to have to leave a baby behind? Surely mom's heart was filled with sadness and joy all at the same time. And she must have asked a ton of questions after the doctors gave her the news. Imagine what a parent who has to leave a child behind is thinking. Is my baby going to make it? Will the doctors and nurses mistreat her while I'm gone? Will she think that I'm a bad parent because I left her? Will she know how much I love her? And I can honestly say that no matter what I've been through with my family, 
I have always known mom's love. In fact, mom is here today. Won't you just let everybody know where you are? Whenever my mom talks about my birth story, she reminds me that she prayed that she would have a girl. And after having three boys, God blessed her with me. <laughs> now, I want to acknowledge that some of you are having some really tough times. And you may fear that you may have to leave behind significant people in your life. Maybe you feel sad and discouraged, or perhaps you've just had a recent bad breakup. Somebody today may feel rejected, misunderstood, and labeled as less than. And when we get discouraged, we want to know that somebody cares about us. Or maybe you're here today because you just want to feel that connection to God. Well, you're in the right place. And I hope that this message assures you of God's love for you. You see, when I get sad or discouraged because, oh yeah, sometimes I do, I always remember that somebody prayed for me once. And knowing that I am loved brings me joy. In fact, as I was preparing for this sermon, I received several text messages. Some were from members of the choir. And I received phone calls. And the messages were, I'm praying for you. And just hearing and reading those words brought me comfort and inspired me throughout the week. And what we will find as we explore John chapter 17, that Jesus prayed for his disciples, his closest friends, the people that he loved, and he assured them of his love. In John 17, 1 through 5, we find Jesus doing exactly what Jesus taught us to do. Jesus is talking to God and praying for his own glory. Jesus knows that he will soon be leaving behind his precious friends and disciples. And he says, Heavenly Parent, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. Heavenly Parent, glorify me in your presence 
with the glory I had with you before the world began. Now, see, it's important for us to understand that God chose each one of the disciples. Jesus had been leading them and teaching them and preparing the disciples to be on their own in this untamed world. He saw great potential in each one of them. And as parents, we teach our children to think for themselves. We want them to make good decisions and to behave well in school. But children come with their own personalities. And parents have to work with each one of them individually. Like Peter, they may even deny that they belong to you. And they may act like you haven't taught them not one thing. And yet, we still love them. Jesus bore the burden for his disciples and gave them everything that was his. Now, as we move to our scripture reading, verse 6, we find that it's now graduation day for the disciples. You see, Reverend Terry alluded to this last week in her message when she indicated that much of the Gospel of John is like one big commencement address. And here we find Jesus interceding with God on behalf of his disciples. He says, I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Now they know everything you have given me comes from you. For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. And I pray for them. You see, after Jesus is done praying for his own glory, he prays for the disciples that he might be glorified in them. The disciples have met all the requirements for graduation, and they are ready to receive the greatest mission of their lives. Like many schools, Lone Star College held its graduation ceremony on May 12th. I attended. It's in my contract. <laughs> A 32-year-old student of mine asked me if I would be his mentor, and I happily agreed. This student lacked confidence and wasn't sure that he could handle all the pressures that he was getting from his father and also his fiance. You see, his father wanted him to focus primarily on his education, and he told them that as long as you stay in school, I will pay your living expenses. Now, on the other hand, his fiance told him something very different. She said, I'm not sure how much longer I can support you being in school. You need to get a job so we can find our own place to live and then get married. 
Now, needless to say, I met with him to try to help him figure out a plan that would satisfy both his father as well as his fiance. And as we started talking and looking through all the classes that he took and his transcript and his grade, we discovered that he already had enough credits to graduate this past May, or this is May now, last week. The only thing he needed were just three more classes. And so with this new information, and I certainly saw it as a blessing, he completed his application for graduation and registered for his final three courses. And then just eight weeks in to the spring semester, he called me in a panic. He said, Ms. Junius, I don't think I'm gonna pass my economics class. And, and, and my professor, he, he just say he don't have time to tutor me. And, 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 and all the other tutors, none of them have time to tutor me at the same time when I can be available. And I, I just, I, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, hold on a minute. You know, everything's gonna work out. And so we got off the phone, and then I picked the phone up again, and I called the head of the economics department, who then later agreed to meet with this student one-on-one -on -one and give him some tutoring. And a few days after graduation day, I sent my protege a text message because, see, I know that the final grades aren't really entered into the system until a few days after the graduation ceremony. And so I asked him, well, how did you do in economics? And he replied back, I got a C. <laughs> so he passed. And, this, and then he said, this is the biggest accomplishment in my life so far. Thank you for everything. You know, sometimes when we're all busy trying to figure things out, God has already worked it out. Christ intercedes on our behalf. And now at age 32 years old, he is among the elite few who have a college degree. It's a two-year degree, associate's degree. As we go back to our text in verse 11, just towards the end where we started, Jesus says, I will remain in the world no longer, but they are still in the world, and I am coming to you. Holy Parent, protect them by the power of your name, the name you gave me, so that they may be one as we are one. While I was with them, I protected them and kept them safe by that name you gave me. What does Jesus pray for? Unity. He wants his disciples to feel the same connection to God in much the same way that he is connected to God. He says, God, take care of my friends. Love them and protect them from this world. Disciples, remember where you came from. Remember that you were chosen by name. Jesus saw in them potential as leaders and ministers, and their mission was to spread the good news. Now, Jesus had already warned the disciples that some leaders will put them out of the synagogues, and he promised to send them a helper. And we know that that helper 
was the Holy Spirit. Church, I'm trying to tell you something. There are people in synagogues and churches that rejected Jesus, and they will reject us too. Jesus says, your hearts will be filled with sorrow. You will weep, but your sorrow will be turned to joy. Do you hear what the Jesus said to his disciples? He says, your joy is coming. And like Jesus prayed to God for the disciples to have courage and faith while he was gone, Jesus prayed for us too. Don't ever think that Jesus will leave this place without sending you some help. Jesus knew that people in your life were going to talk about you. Jesus knew that there were going to be people in your life who were going to call you less than. Jesus knew that somebody was going to get kicked out of the church because those people don't know the Jesus the way we know Jesus. Folks, we got to start coming out and sharing Jesus. Jesus is the great intercessor. And sometimes you just have to know that somebody on the inside is pulling for you. Like Jesus had the disciples back, he's got your back too. Jesus promised the gift of life for those who will honor God. It's Jesus who is our advocate. Jesus is our friend. In verse 20, he says, my prayer is not for them alone. I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one holy parent just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. We're all one in God and in Christ, and God loves us just as much as God loves Christ. When we feel powerless, and feel discouraged by the circumstances at the moment, we need to know that there's power in prayer and that we serve a God who will pick us up when we fall down. God will never leave us to handle our situations alone. Look at the potential that we see in this congregation. When we feel that the world is against us, we need to know that Jesus prayed for us. As we search for a new senior pastor, remember that Jesus prayed for us. Jesus knew that one day we would need to feel God's love and God's presence. Jesus knew that one day we would need to know how the bills were going to get paid. Prayer will heal 
a failing heart. Prayer will mend a break, broken relationship. You might lose your job. The police might lock you up and take away your freedom. The bill collectors might take away your house. They might take away your car. But no matter what happens to you, they can't take away your joy. When you know that Jesus prayed for you, when you know that you are a beloved child of God, remember that that's the joy that Jesus gave you. Knowing God loves you will bring you a joy that will stand the test of time. And this past Tuesday, I had lunch with a friend, and she said, you're always so happy. Where do you draw your strength from? And I said to her, I draw my strength from knowing that I am loved, and that, my friends, bring me joy. We have perfect love because Christ gave us his greatest joy. And you might not be able to see it right now, but your joy is inside of you. Your problems aren't too big for God. It's your faith in knowing that God is at work on your behalf. That's what's going to keep you going. Let your faith give you hope. And let your hope assure you of God's love for you. Amen.